Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The story is told of a a man who went to the hospital to visit his longtime business partner who had suddenly become mysteriously ill and was near death. And suddenly, the dying man began to speak. And he said, John, before I die, I need to confess a few things to you and ask for your forgiveness. I want you to know that several years ago, I robbed our business of $100,000. And I also have sold our secret formula to our competition. And I am the one who supplied your wife with the evidence that got her the divorce that cost you a small fortune. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And John said, oh, that's okay, old man. I'm the one who gave you the poison. (laughs) Pastor Connie just got it. (laughs) (laughs) Our culture today says, don't get mad, get even. When things don't go our way, we're told, sue their socks off or even the score or hit them back even harder. But in our gospel for today, it seems that Peter must have been wronged, and he's wrestling with what to do when he's been hurt or wronged by others. And he asks Jesus, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive someone who has hurt me? Is seven times enough? Now, Peter would have known very well the Jewish law at the time, which was that you had to forgive someone three times. It was basically a three strikes and you're out law. And so Peter doubled it, and he added one, good, one more for good measure, and he thought he was being very gracious, very charitable. But Jesus looks Peter in the eye, and he says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Or some translations say 70, excuse me, 77 times, but some translations say seven times 70, which would be 490 But the point here is not the number. The point is the kind of forgiveness that Jesus is calling us to practice is beyond calculation. To make his point, Jesus tells this familiar parable. He says, there was a man who owed a king a huge debt, about 10,000 talents, which today would be the equivalent in our currency of about $50 million dollars. When the king called in the loan and demanded repayment, the man got down on his knees and he begged for more time to pay the loan back rather than to be sold into slavery along with his, all of his family. And the king had such mercy that he forgave the man's entire debt. And as the man is leaving the king's palace, he runs into a fellow servant who owes him a hundred denarii, which would be the equivalent of about $20 in our money today. And when the fellow couldn't pay, he had him thrown into prison. But when the king who had forgiven his enormous debt gets wind of this, he is furious and he hands him over to be tortured. And then Jesus concludes that story by saying, this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your sister or brother from the heart. In our gospel for today, Jesus is helping us to see that forgiveness is really an attitude. It's, it's a mindset rather than something that's, that's transactional, that's a business transaction. 
I think most of us are people who like to keep score, whether it's games or politics or grades or sports. When it comes to times when we've been hurt by others, we want to keep a score sheet. We want to keep a a balance sheet, sort of a ledger of everything that they've ever said or done to hurt us. But Jesus said, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, there is no limitation to the forgiveness that you are required to practice. And for those who profess to follow Jesus, forgiveness is a way of life. It is a way of life that says, I'm not going to carry around a little list in my head of all the times that I've been hurt or wronged by someone else. Now, in Greek, the word forgive simply means to let go, to release. So to forgive is really to release our hard feelings, to release our hard feelings and to move on from the hurt or the pain that we've experienced. We all know at times that can be Really, really difficult. Reminds me of a, a little story that I, I know I shared this, I've shared this before, but I love this story because it's such a perfect example. There was a man, he was walking through a city park one day, and he notices a little boy who's about five or six years old who's, who's sitting on a park bench, and this little boy is really grimacing like he is in serious pain. And the man stopped and asked him what was wrong. And the little boy said, well, he said, I'm sitting on a bumblebee because it stung me. And the man said, well, why don't you get up and go home and get some help? And the little boy replied, because I figured I'm hurting the bee more than he's hurting me. (laughs) And how often, how often are we like that little boy? It's hard at times to really let go and forgive because in a way we think that we're hurting them more than we're hurting ourselves. The man in the story that Jesus told made a huge mistake He received the king's forgiveness, and he was happy to have it. He experienced the king's lavish grace, but he refused to extend the same forgiveness and grace to others. Now, think about this for a moment. You and I have been forgiven for every single thing that we have ever done big or small, every indiscretion, every mistake, everything we have said or done or thought. So how can we find it in our heart? How can we not find it in our heart to forgive other people? It becomes possible for us to forgive and to let go of our grievances against others when we take the time to reflect on how much God has forgiven us for all of our own sins and shortcomings. And here's the deal. When we forgive, then our healing can begin. And there, there's something, a, a detail in our gospel that's, that's really important to notice. In the parable, the man who refused to forgive was thrown into prison to be tortured. Some translations say he was, tor- he was turned over to be tortured by his tormentors, to be tortured by his tormentors. So what tormentors was Jesus actually referring to? I think he was referring to the tormentors of an unforgiving heart. Those things that eat away inside of us when we refuse to forgive, things like bitterness and anger and and resentment. And when we fail to forgive the way that we've been forgiven, we become trapped in our own prison by our own feelings, whether we realize it or not. And the one who fails to forgive 
The one who fails to forgive ends up in a prison of his or her own making, now unable to experience forgiveness for themselves. It's sort of like that little boy sitting on a park bench who's grimacing in unnecessary pain. A number of years ago, I read a very powerful story, a true story about a woman named Mary. Her sister, who had been her best friend, was killed by a drunk driver almost 10 years earlier. And she and her sister had been very close. She said that her sister was a very special person. She had five young children, and two of the children had disabilities and were dependent on her for their care. When her sister died, Mary said, a big part of me died too. I gave up on life, and I blamed God for their tragic death. Eventually, with God's help, Mary was able to let go of the pain. And she said that God made her stronger, and He showed her the eventual path to forgiveness. And she wrote the following letter to the driver who killed her sister. This is what she wrote. Dear Mr. Battle, we have seen each other a couple of times. I'm not sure if you will recognize my name or if you would even recognize my face should we ever meet again. And I doubt that you have ever thought about me, but I have thought about you often. She continues, Pat Spees was my sister, and she died as a result of your driving drunk. And the day she died, a big part of me died too. Mr. Battle, I have lived with depression, hate, and loneliness ever since that day, soon to be ten years now. And I have allowed these feelings to eat away at me and keep me from living my life fully. I have cried and I have hated more times in these ten years than anyone could imagine. The tragedy of losing my sister turned me into a person that I don't even like. Ten years is enough time to wallow in hate. My sister was a very good and forgiving person who would have forgiven you a long time ago. It took me longer, but I do forgive you. I have to so that I can let go of that horrible day and begin to live again. Mr. Battle, I no longer hate you. I hate what happened. But we can't change the past. None of us are perfect, and we all make mistakes. I know that you didn't set out that day to intentionally hurt or kill someone. It just happened, and we all learned from it. I love my sister so very much, and I will always miss her, and I will regret that she isn't here. And I still have bad days, but I will no longer blame you, Mr. Battle. Please forgive me for, hurting, hate, for hating you all these years. Let's both move on with our lives and never look back with hate again. Mr. Battle, I wish for you a lifetime of happiness, love, laughter, and blessings. Take good care of yourself. And if you haven't yet, forgive yourself too and live life to the fullest. My sister would want it that way, and so do I now. Have a good life. Signed, Mary. Someone once said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to realize that the prisoner is you. To realize that the prisoner is you. 
You see, to choose forgiveness is to give up on the balance sheet approach to life. By letting go of our sense of being wronged, we can also let go of bitterness and anger and resentment and hard feelings and open ourselves up to God's healing and wholeness. Forgiveness, real forgiveness, genuine forgiveness is not a small thing. It is not a little thing. In fact, it is one of the most powerful things in the world. It is the only thing in this world that has the power to change the past and to set us free. Amen.